Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Truth, Justice, and the Podcast. As always, I'm your host, Eduardo Lucas LeBron. And once again, I am joined by Nasreen Musa. Hello. And today, if you couldn't already figure out the title of this pod, or if you couldn't already figure out what this podcast was about by the title, we are going to be talking about the vice presidential debate that occurred, what was that, last Tuesday? Was that last I Tuesday? Say, yeah, last Tuesday. Last Tuesday. And yeah, so that so that's going to be, this is going to be a very, very interesting episode for anybody who is interested in that. And, you know, we're getting close to election time, so we're talking a lot about politics again on this podcast. So it's coming up pretty fast. <laughs> yes, it's coming up very fast, and we're all still mortified. Um, so the vice presidential debate: Kamala Harris and Mike Pence. I would say that this was a more successful debate than the debate between Joe Biden and Donald Trump. <laughs> would agree it felt much more professional and like there was actually conversations happening not just mindless yelling yes i would say that yeah yeah it was this is a lot more respectful for the most part but all the although the trump biden debate really did set like a low bar for what is like an acceptable debate now <laughs> yeah i mean that was like the very very minimum basically so, you have Kamala Harris and Mike Pence. Now, I think here is where the strategy of because remember, because like, how much do you hear about Mike Pence? Like, never, right? Heard about yeah. him for like three seconds after the election and before the election, but like, Mike Pence is like nobody hears about Mike Pence that much. And I think this is this debate. I, I feel like perfectly shows um why mike pence may have been a good choice for donald trump in terms of being a vice president and that is for the for the maybe the right leaning maybe the independent voters or conservative voters who aren't sure about trump and who or or for the people who aren't sure about trump because they think he's too erratic Mm -hmm. mike pence is this very steady calm collected very um almost cold and calculating type person but he's more like a normal person than donald trump is or donald trump is like a cartoon three out of the four times we see him mike pence is like a normal serious guy four out of the four times that we see him basically yeah so i feel like here Anybody whose sole worry was maybe the the is Donald Trump gonna be like this maniac, this un this un this unruled, uncontrolled maniac? I feel like Mike Pence really steps in and like maybe puts that to rest a little bit in a weird way, just because it's like oh a calm reasonable person who's the vice president of the United States, and then maybe it almost for a second you forget about Donald Trump's rambunctiousness and you're just thinking like oh this guy is reasonable. 
Yeah, or at least offer some sort of a balance so you're not like, okay, everyone on this team just loses their temper and says whatever comes to their head first about thinking. Exactly. And then we have Kamala Harris. Mm-hmm. Who is... So here's the thing. There are things that I definitely disagree with Mike Pence on because I'm not necessarily a conservative. There are things... However... Kamala Harris (laughs) is like how do how do you even put it? She's scary. She's scary. She's scary, man. How is she? Mike Pence isn't scary, but Kamala Harris is horrifying. I think about Kamala. Kamala Harris gives me shivers and nightmares. What did you say? In what way is she scary? I think about, I feel like I just think about Kamala Harris's record and who she is, and I f- think about her running the country because, let's face it, Joe Biden ain't running this country. <laughs> oh. Joe Biden's not going to be freaking president. Kamala Harris is going to be president. Um, she freaks me out. <laughs> Everything, she freaks me out almost in a similar way as Hillary Clinton freaked me out. In the way of, like, Uh, I feel like I'm watching, I feel like I'm looking at Dick Cheney, who smiles a lot more and is very condescending. (laughs) I feel like I'm watching a smiley, condescending Dick Cheney with more enthusiasm sometimes when I look at both these people. Okay. I don't know what it is. Well, I, I can't say I don't know what it is. Kamala Harris's demeanor is just, like, very... Like, um, what would you call it? It's almost like, like she treats the people that she's against when she's talking to them. Like she's talking to children. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, you're both adults. Why are you talking to him like that? Like she likes to be condescending. I mean, we saw that all through the Democrat debates, like with things that she would say to Joe Biden and stuff like that. And she would come on, you know, like people, they're about to like slam dunk insult you. So like they start off saying something like really, really nice. Yeah. Or they approach you really, really nice. Like we saw that with Kamala Harris with the, hey, Joe. And she like waved at him. And then she like completely went to like paint him as a racist and everything like that. And (laughs) so that's just, I feel that when I'm watching her debate, like throughout this entire thing. And she just does like the. Someone pointed this out to me, and then, well, not directly to me, but someone pointed this out, and then I realized, like, that is really off putting. And it is, with specifically with like Hillary Clinton and Kamala Harris, both of them, there is like a, um, there's like the smiling, and there's, there's like a snarky smile and laugh thing that they do when people are when other people are talking or say things they disagree with or when they're about to like say something that they disagree with you with like (laughs) this idiot thinks this thing i'm about to just destroy them right now with whatever i'm about to say Mm -hmm. which i don't know that's just off-putting hillary clinton did that a lot but hillary clinton's also evil kamala harris i mean she has a record that suggests possible evil but (laughs) 
mean, I feel like condescending is the theme a lot of the times with whoever is debating. Yeah, that's very I true. I mean, like, you you always see that in the debates, like, when one person is saying something and the other doesn't agree with it, they're laughing and they're shaking their head and they're like, yeah. oh, I can't believe you're saying that. Like, every everyone seems condescending. Yes, and I tried to, like, cut all of that out when I was sort of watching this debate. I chose to listen to this debate so I could sort of just focus on hearing what they were saying rather than seeing them. Yeah. Uh, um, but then the times I tuned in and I was watching them, I was like, even when Mike Pence was like disagreeing with Kamala Harris, like just their demeanor is just so different. And Kamala Harris, like I said, is doing the laughing, smiling, mm-hmm. look at this idiot type thing. And it's like, and I remember, and you know, it's weird. Frank Luntz did like a, uh, uh, what would you call that? Like a focus group on the debate. And a lot of them said that they thought Kamala Harris was very, or Kamala Harris was very condescending feeling. And they didn't like that about her. And I was like, hmm, interesting. It's it's weird that that's like this weird consensus I'm starting to hear. But I also like get it. Yeah, I mean, the way she worded things sometimes definitely felt a little like, like you said, like she was talking to a child instead of another grown adult. Yeah, or even when I think about like with um, her the the you know the the spats between her and Tulsi Gabbard in the debates when they were both there, right? We never really saw that sort of thing with say with like a person like Tulsi Gabbard or a person like Marianne Williamson. Although Marianne Williamson didn't really get like so much time to speak that she probably even got like an opportunity to do something like that, but let's say with like Tulsi Gabbard, like there's like a, like a seriousness, like I'm here. I'm not here to destroy you as a person. I'm here professionally. And I feel like with specifically Kamala Harris and specifically like Hillary Clinton, there's like, no, 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 no. I am not. I'm here not only to destroy your record. I'm here to destroy you as a person. And when you say these ridiculous things, I'm just going to, you know, these things I feel are ridiculous or against my side. I, I laugh and I, ha ha ha, such naive fool. Like, that's what it feels like. Yeah. And she does it to everybody. I'm like, oh, scary Cruella DeVille. That's who I'm looking at. Oh, man. But anyway, but regardless, that doesn't change. That, that's still, like I said, that's why I chose to listen to this, because I know that that can happen. I don't, I'm not trying to sit here and be like, oh, who won the debate based on how they were acting, I guess. Although that was seemingly more important in the first debate, because we had a lot less civil discussion in the first debate. Yeah. I, was... I think a lot of people did... Oh, sorry. No, no, Go continue. Ahead. I think a lot of people actually were focusing on how she was acting like mm-hmm. i feel like a lot of the things talked about besides the stupid fly was how many facial expressions she made and just her mannerisms that's what everyone else seemed to be focusing on and not the actual things that were being said yeah which is the important part exactly yeah that's stupid like, who fly. cares if she made facial expressions <laughs> i'm speaking <laughs> you were you were talking about that before before we even watched this and yes yeah, so, what was the thing that you said about so, it so so here's the thing 
She says, I'm speaking, at least I remember her saying that, like twice. Once because Mike Pence was speaking during her time, and then the second time, Mike Pence used his time to ask Kamala Harris a question, and then she dodged the question. And I don't remember what this question was, though. And I wish I could remember, even though I watched this debate a couple hours ago. I can't remember what the question was. Oh, was it the... It may have had to do with the Green New Deal. But anyway, he used her time to ask her a question. And I remember her hearing, listening to her answer and being like, oh, she's totally not even answering this question. And then he was like, no, 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 hold on, hold on, hold on. And then he was trying to, like, bring her back to the question. He was like, you're not answering. The, and then she went, uh, I'm no, that was, Oh, that was about the court. Are they going to pack the Are they going to pack the Supreme Court? Yes. And she completely, like, started going on to this other thing. Right. And then he was like, no, 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 answer the question. And that was during his time. But she was like, I'm speaking. And it's like, well, you're not answering the question that I'm asking you during my time. Right. So I was like, so everybody was all like, I'm speaking. And I was like really like after listening to it i was like really and then everybody used it as like a, a dot you know they always talk about like the racist dog whistles or whatever i'm like this is a dog whistle right here because everybody because then all the news ran with it and they were like kamala harris is saying i'm speaking is highlighting a legacy of women of color being spoken over and i'm like she was speaking during his time and she wouldn't and she refused to actually answer the question he asked her during his time in that first part now in the other part he did interrupt her in the first part that he that she said i'm speaking and i was like yeah she is speaking chill out wait wait for your it turn mike <laughs> it, hap it happened like three different times and during all the other times it wasn't it wasn't during his time it was during the one minute that she got to respond to the question yeah and i so i can fully understand her doing it during that, during that point, because like, yeah, no, I mean, no, no, yeah, gonna, like, yeah, yeah, I got that, yeah, I get that, and because you know you shouldn't really be speaking over anybody during this debate because it's you know one person or the other person. I can't remember if she ever did that to him, but I feel like most she did, and then he said the same thing. May I finish? And then she let him finish. All right, so this, so it's a non-issue. I mean, it's an issue, but it's not like a one side or the other side issue, apparently. Well, people are taking it more seriously because, you know, like, women get spoken over a lot, especially by men. So for them, it was, like, important to see a woman saying, let me finish my sentence before you just step all over me. Yeah. I feel like maybe, I feel like, not maybe, I feel like. I think part of the reason why I hold that in like such well when I'm when I'm watching specifically in this debate why I hold that in such low regard is because they're both doing it and this is something we see routinely in debates even among men and I'm like this yeah. really isn't this doesn't have to do with a woman thing this is literally like they do this every time <laughs> these people yeah. speak over each other every debate and it doesn't matter who it is cuz we saw Joe Biden and Donald Trump go at it and they did nothing but speak over each other the entire time but it was mostly Donald Trump speaking over everybody. Which is like, what what else could you expect from that debate? Mm -hmm. So, I, I feel like... I'm not, I'm not, I'm not going to say that I don't get it. <laughs> no, yeah. Um, I don't know if I... Like, I get it and I don't get it. I don't know. I feel like it was used... So, 
the just the I'm speaking thing. I feel like with with the you know the times where he did interrupt her, it was like okay, dude. I was like, please don't be like Donald Trump. I was so scared that it was gonna like descend into that, like that level of like just disregard for the other person. But clearly, he didn't have that sort of same disregard for Kamala Harris. He actually like for the most of the, most of the time he let her speak, which I was like, thank God. And she let him speak for most of the time. And then, you know, they wanted to rebut each other in savage ways. Um, or the only thing I can say, well, hold on. What was I saying, though? I'm not but sure. I'm speaking. Just the, the way the media ran with it, like, just look at the pattern of presidential debates. It always goes like this. I don't think this oh, is a yeah, woman yeah, yeah. thing. This isn't a woman thing. But they made it a woman thing. No, yeah, I know. It's, it wasn't, it's just how things go, and it's yeah. maybe not necessarily a, a woman-specific issue. I'm just saying I can understand why No, yeah. they got, like, excited about it. Yeah. It's frustrating. Yeah, for real. And, like, obviously, you know, you should give everybody the same sort of respect to hear them and not talk over them in any situation. But this is also, like, like, when I see it, Maybe I don't see, like, good intentions behind it. I don't see, like, hey, this is something we highlight. What I see is this is part of the big strategy of painting this administration as a sexist, racist, homophobic, transphobic, everything. Mm-hmm. Therefore, we're going to take this one moment and completely, like, blow it up into this huge thing. Oh, yeah, it is being, it is, it's just another, it's being used as another tactic, which yeah, yeah. is not the right way to use it. That's, and I feel like the, maybe that's one of the, that's one of the ways that, like, you know, the media, like, the big, you know, news networks and social media networks and online publications that are all left-leaning, because the majority of them are, that's what they use to sort of garner sympathy from, you know, people like women, people like people of color, Right. They take these singular instances without context, without background information, and they say, look at this thing happening to a person of color or a woman without, and and making that this only happens because they're a person of color or a woman. And it's like, no, this pattern of behavior here with literally just about every demographic. Yeah. This is a pattern of behavior that just exists in debates, period. Mm-hmm. We saw that entirely through the Democratic debates, we saw that entirely through, well, the Republican debates when there were Republican debates four years ago. So, I'm like, this is just, this is not, you guys are making something out to be that isn't there. Yeah. So, regardless, down to the more, you know, substantive parts of this debate, mm-hmm. uh, a lot of things. I found, I feel like, okay. What do you think were, like, the big, more interesting parts of the debate for you, anyway, that you were watching, that you saw, um, issue-wise? Let me see. Cause I'll, I'll, well, I'll start, and then you can... Well, oh. I was gonna say no. issue was I thought I thought the climate change was an interesting one. Yeah. Listening to them go back and forth and try and like explain what their policies would be or 
what kind of changes they were kind of, they were trying to make. Yeah. I. But again, it was like I feel like during that segment there was so much back and forth with like they're going to do this, no, we're not, kind of thing. You know yeah. What I mean? It's like what even like is the, like, <laughs> like with the fracking. Yeah, I was, I was, was I was literally gonna say that. I don't, I don't know. It was a little frustrating. That was like that's that's where I'm surprised that Joe Biden hasn't lost the left yet with the fracking thing, and especially after this debate because fracking is a big heated issue, and that's something that like a lot of environmentalist people care about. A lot of environmentalist people are anti-fracking. But a lot of left-leaning environmentalist people are also voting for Joe Biden. Right. And, you know, there's that. And then there's, like, the Green New Deal thing, which is, like, you know, I wasn't necessarily a big fan of the Green New Deal that was proposed by AOC and, you know, Senate signed off by Kamala Harris, mostly because there were a lot of things in there that also, like, didn't have to do with the environment. And it also felt like an unrealistic plan for... Mm -hmm the country and then not only that um you know I, I i need to know i it seemed like it was going to have a lot of adverse effects on the economy that were going to be irreparable um mm -hmm. now there how can you it's almost like and then you know they point out how kamala hair the the person point out how that was part of like the website and then mike pence sort of honed in on that and then the whole thing with fracking and stuff and it's like so are you or are you not for the environment now here's right. the thing there's a big bait on fracking but if the but if the consensus of the environmentalist community is that they're anti-fracking then you know i don't know I, I don't know necessarily everything about fracking so i can't necessarily say like i've only seen the movie gasland that's like the extent i know of fracking and someone's like report that they some presentation a high schooler did right so it's like I'm not necessarily sure exactly what the bit, what the worst parts of fracking are. I'd like to be educated on it because I'd like to know if fracking being taken away or being um, used is actually like something that's de like can be used. And and if you're getting rid of fracking, then you are getting rid of jobs. And that is something that Mike Pence did hone in on. And if you know natural gas, because there's no CO2, there's no carbon emissions, right? If fracking and natural gas, um, you know, power is, is sort of the way to go and to get into reduce carbon emissions, then, then, then we really need to know that what what is the stance of like say Joe Biden and Kamala Harris actually? And if we know now that Joe Biden is against fracking, then it's like that's sort of a a mute point between the two administrations. Right. So I don't know. That was a terrible world jumble, and everybody listening was like, "What the heck did he just say?" I don't know why that I, came out so terribly. I think I think your point got was brought across, though. So yeah. So anyway, then what what else was happening there? So so there was that, and you know, a point was made about how the Obama administration sort of you know, made it possible for a lot of jobs to end up leaving the United States. And then Joe Biden, mm -hmm. Joe Biden, freaking Donald Trump, basically um, 
his environmental policies and his economic policies sort of were bringing a lot of jobs into the United States and maybe not necessarily fully reviving industries per se, but they were definitely helping a lot of people who were forgotten by Barack Obama, economically anyway. Yeah. Um, which got touched on. I'm interested... Um, Shoot, I'm trying to remember what else was brought up during that whole section. What what was something? What were other things that you were interested in? Because I'm having a hard time for some reason remembering things right now. I'm trying to remember every topic that they went over. I swear we watched the debate, people. We did. We did. Our memories just aren't very good, apparently. No, apparently not. What I find interesting is that, I don't know, I'm not trying to attack anyone, I'm not trying to attack Harris, but, like, I feel like every time she was made to answer a question, she never answered the question. So, I came away from from this debate just hearing her repeat things that CNN has been repeating over the past, I don't even know how long, but, like, I came into this debate hoping to get new information but i feel like every time she went to answer a question she only has two minutes and she would start off the two minutes just repeating things about trump and how bad he is and all the things that we already hear every day and it's like we know this already this is not new information i came here trying to get answers from you and then she would run out of time and then like in the very last 30 seconds she would give like some sort of vague thing like um like when they asked her what the Biden-Harris campaign would do for the coronavirus, she just like went on and on about how Trump let all these people die and they kept the information from us. And then in the last 30 seconds, she was like, Biden has a plan. We know that things need to change and America needs to be saved. And I'm like, yeah, we know that. But how specifically are you willing to do this? That's what you refuse to answer. Yeah. So here is something that I remember. So. Here is something that I think might be a point of contention for some people to like sort of latch on to. And that was when when they were talking about coronavirus. Um, lose this train of thought instantly. Um, oh, oh, oh. So they talked about, so Kamala Harris talked about how she brought up how Trump didn't say anything to the people. So she, how, how he sort of mm-hmm. underplayed it or didn't say anything when he knew about coronavirus and everything back in, I don't know, January, said, like, February? Yeah. She said he hid the information. And then Mike Pence went on to talk about how he did that because he didn't want to cause a panic. Um, that's a very interesting attack to levy against Donald Trump because that all comes down to what your stance on the on on when you should tell the truth is right mm-hmm. should you tell the truth all the time every time or should you tell the truth about something only when you know that it's not going to be say destructive to a way of life then and there you know what i mean mm-hmm. because 
it's we talked I talked about this with you like a while ago. I talked about Rorschach and Watchmen, right? He's an absolutist and he everybody needs to know the truth 100% of the time when the truth is when the truth is revealed, right? Regardless mm-hmm. of what the effects of it are. Now Donald Trump said the whole point of him not saying anything was to not cause a panic amongst everybody about the whole coronavirus thing. So I don't know. What do you think about that? Because I think, because I think a lot of people can say that that's noble, and then there's a lot of people who say that that's stupid. I think there's definitely like a divide in the opinion on that. I can agree that in some cases it might be better to hold off on saying everything, depending on what it was, depending on what it is. But when it's something that affects this many people and when it's about like public safety and stuff and not even just public safety just safety in general i feel like it's better to just give the information so that way everybody knows where we're at and they know what to do yeah yeah because i mean like that that whole when we've talked about fauci and his whole don't wear masks wear masks It would have been better if everyone just knew what to do right from the start. So that way, like, maybe the same amount of lives still would have been lost. Maybe that is just, maybe that was going to happen. I Mm -hmm. don't know. Maybe a lot less lives would have been lost. I'm not psychic. I don't know. But, like, it would have just been better to have all the information. In my opinion, anyways. Yeah. No, I, I, I... I think I think that yeah, it's a complicated thing. I mean, because on one hand, I can understand th- that because look at how crazy everybody went when they found out about it, right? And then a ma- and that was before we really had a full understanding about how deadly it was or anything like that. And people were like going to the store and you know panic buying everything <laughs> when they really didn't need to. You know what I mean? Like, everybody acted like the plague was coming. And that was before we even knew, like, all the information about coronavirus, right? That was, like, back in, like, March, late February, March-ish, right? And then I think, like, imagine if everybody knew. I say how deadly coronavirus is, even though it has, like, a 90-something percent survival rate. But, like, um... But I, but maybe, but maybe, but maybe knowing maybe how, 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 how deadly it would have been earlier, maybe that would have calmed everyone down. Although everybody still thinks that this virus kills like half of the people that get it. So I'm not, so maybe I'm not, so I'm not sure. I think you, people would have panicked regardless. Yeah. I don't, I don't, I don't think there was a void, avoiding any panic. And as we can see, I mean, but if the panic we got was, like, the mitigated version of panic, I don't know if I'd want to see, like, the unmitigated version of panic. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I'm not sure. That's, there's a lot to, that's, like, something that can be debated forever. And I'm not necessarily sure I can, let, I know what the answer to that is, or even if I have made up my mind about that. What I do find interesting also was, they were taught Mike Pence was talking about how Donald Trump shut down travel from China 
Did he mention how Dr. Fauci said that he probably saved thousands of lives because of that? Or am I thinking about the Trump town hall? He, I don't, I can't remember if he said Fauci exactly, but he did talk about the travel ban and how that saved a lot of lives. Yeah, and then Joe Biden called the travel ban xenophobic. Yeah, now, I'm, yeah, that was that was Pence talking. Yeah, now I'm on. I'm not on the side of the travel ban was xenophobic. I think like if you very clearly see an issue in an area in a specific part of the world, then what you have to do is go. Okay, if there's potential for that to show up here and get as bad as it is there, maybe we should just restrict travel, right? Mm-hmm. I don't know. Maybe maybe I'm a xenophobe, but. In in my mind, I'm just thinking like, okay, well, this country is having a huge pandemic outbreak. We don't know who is going to have that, especially when there's not like, you know, real good testing ability happening at that moment in time. There's no there's no parameters in place for that. So I would be like, okay, let's like chill out on people coming from here because very clearly something's going on there. And if we have people flying back and forth, then we're going to have a really big problem. I feel like, I know, I feel like the ban makes sense. I mean, if you know it's coming from a place, then why wouldn't you want to stop it from being brought over here, no matter where it's coming from? Exactly. They're like, oh. And then, yeah. Aren't those places doing the same thing now? They're like, they're not, for a while there, I can't remember which place exactly, but they weren't letting travelers come in because they didn't, their cases were going down and they didn't want them to go back up. Yeah, it's just like, wait, say that again. Isn't that what another location was doing after a while? There, I can't remember exactly what place it was. I can't remember if it was China or not, but they weren't letting people come into the country because their cases were finally going down, and they didn't want to bring it back over there. I I have no clue what. I mean, I'm sure that a bunch of countries did travel bans. And I'm also sure that, like, I'm pretty sure, like, most of Southern Europe probably had a big travel ban. (laughs) Especially with, like, they already faced, like, a a migration crisis over there, a refugee crisis because of the Syrian war. So I'm sure they didn't want that to be exacerbated by, like, a huge pandemic, right? Because they're just importing a bunch of poor people into, like, virtually, like, concentration camps (laughs) into their, in their countries. And then it's, like... Imagine and uh, like we already know that this havoc, this 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 disease, right? If you're from a lower economic strata because you're malnourished and because you're more susceptible to diseases, you're gonna like that's gonna affect you a lot more, right? Right. So I don't know. It seems like a smart thing to do. Then there was the whole thing about having a vaccine. And then Kamala Harris said that if Donald Trump, that if we get a vaccine, she, she, it's weird what she said. She was like, if the health experts say it, then I'll be the first in line. But if Donald Trump says it, then I won't be. And I'm like, but here's the thing. If we get a vaccine under the Trump administration, right? If by the end of the year, before January 21st, whether or not Trump gets elected or not, there is a vaccine, and the scientists say, we have a vaccine, it works, and it's safe, and then Donald Trump says, okay, I'm going to tell that to the people, and Donald Trump mm-hmm. says, because they're, they're not going to create a vaccine that they think is unsafe, 
and then let it go. You know what I mean? Like, right. if they're releasing a vaccine, it's because they think it's safe. Now, you're going to now decide that because of the messenger, whether or not that it's true or not, you're going to decide based on who the messenger of that message is that, like, she's stoking fear of the coronavirus vaccine. And they talked about, like, something like, what is it, like 50% of Americans say that they don't want to take a vaccine? It's a pretty large number. Yeah. So it's like Kamala Harris. She's doing the whole, like, but if Joe Biden says it's a vac- the vaccine works, then I'm totally going to take it, which yeah. is really what she means. And we all know that she means that. We all know that but she... But neither... Sorry, finish. No, it's... go. But neither president is the one actually making the vaccine. Exactly. That's the thing. They're like, oh my gosh, if... If... If Trump... If the vaccine is created under Donald Trump, God forbid that you get that vaccine. And it's like, what's the difference? It's being made by the same people. What if the vaccine gets made, right? But it doesn't get distributed until, let's say, Biden wins. What if it doesn't come out until then? It was still made under a Trump administration. But yeah, so what are they, are they going to, the are they going to hold true to that and be like, nobody take this vaccine? Right, if they're not, I wouldn't. It doesn't matter who is the president. It all depends on who is in the lab making the vaccine. That's what I'm concerned about. Exactly. And how is it being made? And are they rushing it? And all this other stuff. And then, so then there was the other thing where Kamala Harris said one in five businesses closed because of coronavirus. The pandemic Mm -hmm. has, yeah, so... Again, this is something that I'm going to say that I've said a bunch on this podcast. A lot of the reasons why we're seeing a lot of those businesses close down, maybe tempor- temporarily or, or even permanently, right? Mm-hmm. Apparently, we're seeing a lot of businesses go away permanently, like small businesses, mm-hmm. is because of the lockdowns. Is because in a lot of these Democratic states and cities, they're deciding that we're just going to have these big lockdowns and we're not going to let anybody going anywhere and we're not going to allow any of these businesses to open up safely. Therefore, and if we're in, and, and, you know, again, I think there's maybe ulterior motive to that. Um, not only to make Donald Trump look bad and say that there's like no jobs, you know what I mean? Look at this. There's no jobs. There's no businesses open. Look at all of this. Right. But Mm -hmm. also, because now it's going to invite big business to come buy up all of that real estate. Which right. is what I think is the ultimate goal of that, right? Besides just making Trump look bad, the ulterior motive is now all of these Democratic cities are going to invite a lot more big businesses because it's going to be cheaper, right? It's going to be cheaper to... To open up to to buy all that real estate and that and that land or whatever the 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 businesses that close down right they're gonna want to sell that because it's like yo or the people who are renting that out right are gonna are gonna want to get someone in now that they've lost whoever was there because they couldn't pay um, any of their rent because they've been closed down for like several months now and then you invite people like Starbucks or McDonald's or Burger King or any of those 
you know, big corporations to open franchises there rather than, you know, homegrown small businesses. So anyway, yeah, this just there's I feel like that the 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 idea the 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 businesses that have been shut down during the that's a lot more complicated an issue than just coronavirus is out there and is uncontrolled. And then what I found was interesting was the rebuttal that, um, you know, Mike Pence had to like how uncontrolled coronavirus was by talking about swine flu in 2009 and about how 60 million Americans, I think, roughly had contracted swine flu mm-hmm. within the one year time period, right, from April 2009 to April 2010. Now, if I look up how many Americans are infected with COVID right now, right? And how long has this COVID thing been happening? About, let me see, from March. So March, January, February, March, April, May, June, July, August, September, October. So we're in October now, right? We're almost at the end of October. As far as total cases in the United States, we're at 8.04 million, according to uh, this Google Live stats, right? Wow. So 8.04 million people have contracted coronavirus in the United States. We've seen only 218,000 deaths. If that's the case... We are, Mike Pence isn't wrong, if, if, if the swine flu is what a failed pandemic control response looks like, then we're definitely doing way better. We're not even at one-sixth of what, we, of what they were during the swine flu in terms of total cases, and we're already halfway through what would be the timeline for that. That would be counting on the one-year timeline. We're six months in, and we're only, and we're not even at one-sixth of the amount of cases. That's pretty crazy. So, so that's a weird thing. And then you know the death thing. So, so apparent a lot more people have died from COVID probably than the swine flu, and which I think you know that highlights how bad health is in the United States. Period. Because I've I've definitely looked into. Some things talking about what exactly is caught, why the COVID death rate is so high. And it seems like what happens is so, most of the people that get COVID and then what ends up happening is the coronavirus sort of exacerbates previously existing health conditions that ultimately end up killing a lot of these people. Mm-hmm. And coronavirus is just an agent that sort of accelerates that, which just shows that we have, you know, obese people. People lacking in vitamin D, right? Vitamin deficiencies, right? Bad diets. People with already respiratory conditions. We have bad health in the United States. Now, we could say that that's maybe cause for this is why we need universal health care. This is cause for why we need, you know, privatized health care, depending on how you feel about either of those things. But technically, looking at the numbers, Mike Pence is right. And if this is exact, if this is, and, and remember they said, you know, there was a whole prediction about 2.2 million people dead. Now, when I watched the Trump house, town hall, Savannah Guthrie said that that was, that that 2.2 2 
million was if we had done nothing, right? Right. We're not even at it. We're we're approaching one tenth of that number right now. So I don't know. I guess if you look at you know what the previous administration's handling of a pandemic was to this administration. We're seeing it by my eyes and what I'm seeing is improvement, right? Not to say that we handled it perfectly, but this is also like a disease, right? And we didn't even know a lot of people had it until randomly. And then a lot of, not until randomly, we didn't even know a lot of people had it for a while. And then there was also bad policy put in by state governments that ultimately exacerbated the crisis, like Andrew Cuomo putting putting covid patients in the nursing homes right right things like that help skyrocket the numbers and exacerbate like probably early death rates too because of that because because of things like what was happening in new york so i don't know everyone wanted him to run for president I know, right? Remember, for like, for Andrew? Like five minutes. Yeah, Andrew Cuomo. Like for for like three and a half seconds, everybody was like Andrew Cuomo for president, and then that went away mm-hmm. fairly quickly. Um, yeah, once they so I don't know. I mean, I don't know what exactly is the best way. I mean, you know, this whole thing with masks was even even that is controversial apparently, and then and then you hear data like the cloth masks actually do more harm than good. You really need an N95 mask or like no mask. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I'm like, I don't even know. <laughs> There's so many different things. It's just making it hard, and then yeah, because everyone's I... doing different things, and we don't know which one is working and which one's not. Exactly. So it's almost like. If we look from Obama to Trump, we are seeing improvement, right? We're dealing with a more deadly disease, which means that obviously the death rate's going to be higher, right? But I guess we're seeing, but we're seeing improvement. And I guess that's, I don't know. When Mike Pence brought that up, I was like, wow, I remember when that whole swine flu thing was happening. So I guess we are ignoring something. We are, we are being, they are being hypocritical about the performance of this administration in terms of um, pandemic uh, control. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm fear-mongering coronavirus person. Maybe I'm a COVID... Uh, maybe, I'm, maybe I'm a COVID denier, but I'm just saying, looking at the numbers, there's clearly been improvement. Mm-hmm. And then, you know... So anyway, moving on from that, then in the debate, there was the whole thing about, there was a whole argument about taxes, Joe Biden's going to raise your taxes, yada, yada, yada. Oh, yeah, 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 another one of them going back and forth saying he's going to do this, and her saying, no, he's not. Yeah, and they were talking about, specifically, they were talking, when they were talking about the economy, what I found was interesting was Kamala Harris came to the aid of Wall Street, basically, and I was like, and this is why we shouldn't trust the Democrats. Because she said, she was like, Moody's is a complete, she goes, she was talking about whatever. She was, she was like, the way Donald Trump measures the economy is based on how rich people are doing. I measure the economy on the health and wellness of the American worker. But then she said, Moody's is a very reputable Wall Street firm. And I'm like, after 2008, that, that 
phrase doesn't exist. What are you talking about? They're a completely reputable Wall Street firm. The Part of the entire reason we had that crash was because those firms, those reputable firms like Moody's, like you say, literally just decided to, to, to mark garbage as AAA rated bonds, right? Knowing that they were worth nothing, knowing that they were filled with nothing but subprime garbage and then sell that to the American people. And then create a housing bubble that blew up in all of our faces and committed and 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 started a a, a great recession. Right. But no, Moody. So I was just like, you lost me there. Like instantly, I was like, no, 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 no. You don't just get to evoke Wall Street as as a as a reputable source now. All of a sudden, right. Especially after everything that happened. Now here's the thing that I thought I was very happy happened, and is that. Mike, so so Kamala Harris talked. Kamala Harris talked about something like they were going to decriminalize marijuana. I doubt that's going to happen under their administration. I'm glad that someone's saying it, but I I doubt that that's going to happen under their administration, um, especially because of the rise in healthcare stocks when Joe Biden basically won the nomination for Democrat, the Democratic nomination. Um, but um. Freak, but Mike Pence brought up the um, Kamala Harris's record, and remember, I don't know if I told you this on the podcast or not, but I I, I mentioned to you at one point that what Mike Pence needs to do to sort of help win him this debate is to bring up Kamala Harris's record. You did mention that, yeah. And I said, I don't think it was on the podcast. Yes, and I was like, man. Mike, I was like, man, they have to do. They have to do her like Tulsi Gabbard did her. They have to skewer her record and how she basically. I mean, we all we've said a hundred times. Kamala Harris blocked evidence that would have gotten people off death row. She gave people ridiculous sentences for nonviolent drug offenses, and all of this was in the um, you know the whole thing with she was investigating a wall, uh, uh, you know, one of the big banks. I don't remember which which bank it was. I wish I did. And her office found out that there were like a thousand counts of fraud and they were like, we're not even halfway through our investigation. And she stopped the investigation. And she does. And she, you know, she's, she's, she's the established. That's what the establishment does. Right. She towed the line for Wall Street. She, she exacerbated the, 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 uh, the, uh, the, uh, the, uh, the, uh, what what do you what do you call that? The the mass incarceration rate in California. She did it all for free labor, free state labor for California, right? You know what? It it's becoming less and less surprising that her ancestors were 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 slave owners. Mm-hmm. It's like you're doing exactly. That's part of the reason why there was that whole big debate that Kanye West had brought up about abolish the Thirteenth Amendment, and the Thirteenth Amendment is what may abolish slavery. To an extent, but within the Thirteenth Amendment, slavery is still technically legal if you're a prisoner in this country. Right. And it's like, and this is exactly why that debate is, you know, happened because of people like mm-hmm. Kamala Harris. So. I don't know. There's just just a lot of. 
what's confusing is that I don't know. I mean, that's how that's, that's how it is, right? People do things like this, but they still get all the praise and the recognition, and they still have people saying they should be the ones in charge, even though the record shows no, they probably shouldn't. Yeah, exactly. Which doesn't make sense. So it's yeah, there's a lot of things going on. They brought up the Donald Trump taxes. He only paid seven hundred and fifty dollars twice. Yeah. And I and I when I was listening to the Trump Town Hall, he was like, "That's like the filing fee. Like that was the fee I had to pay for whatever. That was just the fee, right?" And then they brought up that Donald Trump, Kamal Harris brought up that Donald Trump is in debt for like four hundred million dollars. But isn't Donald Trump like a billionaire? And then when I was watching the Trump Town Hall, he was like, some of that, he was like, some of that debt is just money I borrowed to do favors for other people. Because <laughs> yeah. they wanted to have money borrowed. I don't know. But I, I don't know. We've, I don't know if we've mentioned this on the podcast before, but that's like a whole, that $750 thing is misleading at best. And he, technically the IRS owes him money and he's under audit. So they're still trying, he's still trying to technically figure out what he owes the IRS. They're still yeah, working that out. And also, not giving the whole information for yeah. to tell about the story. They're focusing on the one small point, which is what they do all the time. They find one small point that can do damage that they focus on, and they talk it to death, and they never actually give the big picture. Exactly. Or they say it, but then the headline is, you know, they put this crazy dog whistle smoking gun in the headline, and then when you actually read the article, you go, oh, I see. Mm-hmm. This is not exactly true. Bro, and she brought up the white supremacy thing again. And Bro, that was... And people on both sides. And I'm like, are we really, I'm like, really the... doing this right now? And then I like just Mike Pence just coming back. He's like, this is part of the issue that a lot of the American people have with the media. Is that you selectively edit things like... You forget the fact that Donald Trump said after after he made that statement after Charlottesville that he condemned the KKK and white supremacists, which is true. Mm-hmm. I've seen... The Donald Trump white... And then they did the stand back, stand by. I was like, this is ridiculous. I was like, how many times do we have to watch Donald Trump denounce... I've seen Donald Trump denounce white supremacy more than anybody in like the history of the world, I think. But they still I've seen. Saying. I've watched Donald Trump say m- more bad things about white supremacists than the left in the last four years literally i'm like does anybody even watch anything like this is the importance of watching like the entire the entirety of a press conference the entirety of a town hall the entirety of an of a speaking event because you actually see what's being said you don't see the selectively edited um you know, cut this one part out and remove it from its context thing. Exactly. Which is a, which is what Kamala Harris does, which is what the Democrats have been doing. I mean, everybody does it, right? Everybody does it for either side. But specifically with Donald Trump and the white supremacy thing, it's like, yeah, that is, that is like a, that is like, that's a pattern of behavior that like, it's like, how many times are we going to talk about this? thing that's a non-issue at this point getting really old 
It's it is getting mad. But old. what's hilarious is that people still get really mad about it, and they're like, "He loves white supremacy. He is a white supremacist." Blah blah blah. And it's like, but all the evidence shows him saying that he doesn't like it. Literally, I'm like, "Yo, we need to we need to chill out. We need to chill out." Back to the fracking thing, though. I was looking at CNN's whole fact check of the whole debate. So this is another reason why I'm like, why? So it's almost like Kamala Harris was a Trojan horse, if you will. She is a Trojan horse, I think, to maybe lead in the left. Because even she, even according to the fact-checking done by CNN, Kamala Harris said that she would ban fracking. Mm-hmm. Yet Biden's campaign has no, it doesn't have this. That's not a part of their plan. No. I thought Joe Biden was a racist, according to Kamala Harris. Kamala Harris. I thought Joe Biden was out of touch, according to Kamala Harris. But she's she his vice president. She had a lot of things to say about him before. She had so many things to say about him, and now it's nothing but amazing things to say about him now that she's vice president. And she was like, oh, I, I love working with Joe on these issues. I love talking to Joe about these issues. Joe this and Joe that. And it's like, okay something is going on yeah man i don't know know. this this... people are too busy making mike pence halloween wigs with the fly on it to really think about the issues that i think that just shows how what like tds right trump derangement syndrome Mm -hmm. like this is how fanatic Mm -hmm. and tribal politics have become and this is how ridiculous the left is. And I consider myself a liberal. And I'm like looking around everybody around me and I'm like, mm mm, this ain't it, Chief. You guys are you guys you guys are a shadow of your former selves. Everything that I thought we were supposed to be fighting for, we were supposed to be fighting liberty and the pursuit of happiness and freedom and ensuring fairness and none of that exists. None of that exists on this side. You guys are a bunch of fear mongers. You guys are a bunch of people taking everything out of context. You guys are a bunch of demonizers. You guys are hypocritical in the worst ways possible. This isn't growth. This is regression. You guys are children. And that is all I'm watching. You guys want to defend the burning down. I've never heard not one. I've, I've heard like three people ever talk about like how like when you know because antifa gets brought up a lot how the burning down of businesses wasn't good mm-hmm. and then everybody goes man and then everybody else i've heard and literally i've been to black lives matter rallies and they go this is this is that you know this is reparations these people they, they care about property more than black lives i'm like what can you not care yeah. about people's livelihood and black lives at the same time apparently not you're a racist if you do that apparently stolen nikes from the freaking outlet is 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 reparations like how is that apparently burning how is that actually solving problems apparently burn killing killing a, a black um um former police officer who tries to stop someone from stealing a tv is reparations Apparently. Apparently burning down the the, the, the the sports bar a black man is trying to a, a, a black man is trying to open in his community 
um, former firefighter and then stealing his safe while he's being interviewed about it is reparations and it's Black Lives Matter. I feel like every like all the memes that happened after the debate, specifically after this debate, which was very very calm for the most part, like just shows me yeah. just like how just upsetting it is to be to 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 see this to see that one side of the aisle now. Right. Like this is how tribal and deranged you are. You are literally pining for the very people who are ruining this country. Because they're not Donald Trump. And when Kamala Kamala Harris brought up how, you know, we're a coalition um, 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 administration and we have endorsements from both Republicans, Independents, and Democrats. People from the Bush administration, Colin Powell, they've endorsed us. Really? You're hinging the, 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 the sanctity and the, 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 um, the oh what is what is the word you're you're hinging the you're hinging like the trustworthiness and the legitimacy of your of your administration on words from people from the bush administration really (laughs) doesn't seem like the best argument is this what we're doing is this what we're doing you know george carlin said Anytime something is bipartisan, it just means you're getting an extra big screwing. Mm-hmm. That is all this is. That is all this is. That's all the, 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 the Joe Biden administration is. That's all the Donald Trump administration is becoming, right? Donald Trump, yeah. I thought he was a right-wing populist. I don't know what the heck happened in that last debate, but that wasn't right-wing populism. No. And Joe Biden doesn't even pretend to be a populist. Joe Biden is just a ridiculous um, establishment hack who's probably suffering from early onset dementia. Hired the bad cop of bad cops as his, as a second hand man. And somehow these people. Makes... What? What? And then everyone makes you feel like you're a crazy one for not supporting them. Yes, and then you get gaslit by the media for not supporting these people. Right. I thought, you know, didn't we do like the voting of the lesser of two evils? We did it in 2012 with Biden and Romney. We did it again in 2016. Aren't we over this yet? Apparently not. Like, this is so outdated. If somebody asked me if I was going to vote for President Adolf Hitler or Attila the Hun, I would just kill myself. Or you just vote for someone else. Like, what which, the heck? Which is what we try, which is what, you know, it's still an option to vote third party, but apparently yeah, it's still an option. seen as shameful. Yeah. If you, people if are you... like, oh, then you're just as bad as a Trump supporter if you decide to vote third party. And it's like, no, if I vote third party, I'm a third party supporter yeah, you're and ta- nobody else. You're taking away votes from Joe Biden. It's like, that's how, and it's like, really, that's how confident you are in Joe Biden? You're that confident. You're you're so confident in Joe Biden that you're scared of measly third party voters who don't even like poll uh, poll it like, you know, in the single digits. But those are the same people that are turn will turn around and say like, I know Joe Biden isn't a great candidate, and I know he's not, and I know he's bad, but still vote for him, or I'm going to bully you. Literally, these vote blue no matter who people are the worst types of people. 
They're the worst people. They don't care. They don't, it's, it's, you know, it's either, it's one of those things where it's either, it's like, if you're vote blue, no matter you're, you're either stupid or you're in on it. Those are your two options. But no, if you vote third party, you're a Russian asset. If you vote third party, you're you're a Donald Trump supporter. If you or, or you're, you're spoiling the election for Joe Biden, it's like you do realize my vote's not going to Donald Trump either, right? Right, like we don't support him just because we don't vote for Biden. You know, when they took Jill Stein, what state was that? Like Minnesota or North Dakota or something like that? When they took the the, the Democrats took Jill Stein off of the ballot. In in whatever in whatever freaking north north midwestern. You know, one of those big North Midwestern states that was. Mm-hmm. And they were like, uh, not Jill Stein, freaking um, the Green Party candidate, whose name I can't remember. They took the Green Party off of the thing because they were like, oh, finally, there won't be a spoiler for Joe Biden, for Joe Biden's election. Really? You're it's shuttering? Joe Biden's election. You guys are the Democratic Party and you're against democracy? You're voting deliberately against democracy. Who You're did doing. Say in the last debate, I am the Democratic Party. I am the so. Democratic Party. Freaking Palpatine. Like, what is this? None of these people it's... believe in freedom. None of these people believe in the values that this country was brought up on. It's nonsense. And they have the audacity to name themselves the Democratic Party. Like, if they care about democracy. Which this country is not, by the way. We're a constitutional republic. I love every. I love the how everybody forgets that. Yeah, no one ever says that. No. We always say this is a democracy. It's like, we're not a democracy. We have democracy in small pockets of this government in order to regulate. Yeah. And the whole reason for that is protection from mob rule. Because all you have to do is, you know, convince freaking New York, L.A. and freaking, um... Chicago to vote one way and you can and you can you'll ne- you'll never you'll never get a president from another party ever. You'll never get a politician from another party ever. I wonder where those three states currently are right now. Should look should look that up later. What do you mean? Because you know how they do polls and they see what the popular vote is for each location. Oh yeah. Around the time. I wonder what those three states are doing right now. Or where they're both at. Or where all three of them are at, actually. Yeah. It's like, there's no... I don't know. These people are ridiculous. And they make me upset, because I'm like, really? Like, I care about the future of this country. I know people who don't care about the future of this country. Who are like, F it, let it all burn down. I really don't care anymore. And I think that's shameful to believe in. Because I think it just shows... I feel like the people we're voting for... Everybody on the left, you know, and everybody on the right, right? Like these principled conservatives and liberals, they talk about like, we want to build a better future for our children, right? This is what we're doing. We're trying to preserve our nation for the future. But you're voting for the very people who do not believe in that. I know. You're, you're, you're staking your claim. You're, you're doing this cowardly BS about supporting Joe Biden, um, who who and who who works for the people and is bought by the people and is don't given donations by the people who literally could care less about you or your family. All those people care about profit. They care about control and they care about power. They don't care about you. They don't care about the American people. 
Yet somehow these are the people we're supposed to be voting for. Somehow you're telling me these oligarchs are better than these oligarchs. I don't think so. I know there isn't really one that's better than the other. At this exactly. Point. When Donald Trump started listening to Larry Kudlow and Stacey Abrams and John Bolton, although he fired John Bolton, thank goodness, right? And all those warmongers, those war hawks in his cabinet, right? And all and all of these and all of these, you know, pro Wall Street economists, right? He starts listening to those people. I'm like, come on, man, this isn't what this isn't what this isn't what you were elected for, mm-hmm. right? I'll criticize that. I think that's terrible, because even though. You know, everybody, you know, there was all the smear, there was all the things about Donald Trump, he's a bad person, or yada, 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 right? He ran on a platform that a lot of people could agree with, specifically because we came out of eight years of Barack Obama, who was nothing but an establishment hack, right? So when that happened, when he hasn't followed up on those promises, when we haven't seen, when we haven't seen the wall, when we haven't seen a, 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 a repeal and replace, a full repealing and replacing of Obamacare with better health care, um, when we haven't seen... Um. Uh, well, I can't say we haven't seen a good economy. We did see a good economy up until the coronavirus pandemic, right? Uh, mm-hmm. Right. With with these things that he promises, I'm like, come on, man. If you're gonna, we haven't seen the bringing home of these troops, which in part isn't his fault. Um, but but mostly it is because he is the commander in chief, and the military is at the behest of the people of the United States, not politicians. Right. Right, these things are disappointing to me because even though maybe Donald Trump isn't the greatest president, and maybe he's a you know he's a Republican, and, and and because of that I disagree with him on some things. The things I did agree with him on, I really really wanted him to get done. And four years later, I am a little bit, I am pretty disappointed with the work he's done. Mm-hmm. But that doesn't mean that because I'm disappointed in somebody like Donald Trump. That I'm now going to just go back to the establishment BS that we'd had eight years before, which was a lot worse. No. Right? It's not one. It doesn't have to be one or the other or one or nothing, which is what people seem to be forgetting. Exactly. Their their whole buying into the two-party system, and this is exactly how the, uh -uh. uh-uh, uh-uh, you guys got played. You guys seriously got played. I mean, otherwise, why would other party candidates be allowed to run? Why exactly. Why would they even have the third party option? And now they don't even want them to run. And now they're doing they everything they can the to stop them, them from running. It's like, really? This is it? This is what we're doing? This is what we're doing in 2020? You guys are talking about how Donald Trump is supposedly a fascist and he's going to Adolf Hitler this freaking place. He's going to be like the freaking brown shirts, right? Him and, him and the Proud Boys are the freaking brown, shirt, brown, brown shirts and Adolf Hitler and the Nazis. When I've seen nothing but you, you, when I've seen nothing but you guys using the same tactics that Adolf Hitler and the Nazi Party used in order to gain control in, in, inside of Germany. Give me a seems, break. What? The whole thing seems to be like you have to vote Trump out because he's going to control us and he's going to do all this, um, yeah, Hitler stuff. But then they're applying for a candidate who seems to be doing the same thing. They're just lying and saying they're not. Exactly. And it's like, you're still voting for the same thing, but you're disguising it as something better, which almost makes me more fearful of them because at least everyone else, the Republicans are up front about, like, at least 
we know where we stand with, with Trump. At least we know that he's not a great guy and not a great, you know, not a great president. But with Biden, it's like, okay, so if you're going to lie about things, then clearly you have more things to hide, and that scares me more. When exactly. Just honest about themselves and what they want. And these naive people who are like, well, I'm going to use Joe Biden for my agenda because they think Joe Biden is this feeble old man. It's like... You do realize the presidency, the executive, is just one of three powers of this country that are that run the country. Clearly, you don't know that, right? And not only clearly do you don't know you don't know that, but you're acting like he somehow has this power, like like he's gonna like like you're gonna be able to like what are you gonna do? Trick him and be like, oh, Grandpa Joe, can you do this thing for me? I love you, haha, <laughs> kiss kiss. You can you can smell my hair and grab my butt or do whatever you want as long as you get. Me. You're not gonna be able to do that. Joe Biden and his entire cabinet, including Kamala Harris, Kamala Harris, whatever, are going to be bought are already bought by the establishment. Why? Because they are the establishment. They are the Clinton, Obama, Bushes, the all of that. They are all together. You already know who these people are. Were you able to do that when Barack Obama was president? No. In fact, not only did you not do it, you made excuses for him when he didn't do the things that he promised you. And then when he did these horrible things, like like, like cause a drone war that did nothing but kill mostly civilians and bomb Arab weddings, get us into five extra wars, make the banks that caused a housing crisis hitherto near the Great Depression... You made excuses for him and completely turned a blind eye to any of those things, which ultimately ruined this country and put us in the position that we were in, that we elected Donald Trump in the first place. And supposedly, now I'm supposed to believe you, like Joe Biden is going to be, like you're going to be able to control Joe Biden? No, you're going to do exactly the same thing. You're going to make excuses for Joe Biden, and when Joe Biden does bad things that are anti-leftist, right? Not anti-leftist, that are anti-liberal, they're anti-liberalism, right? The thing that this country was founded on. You're just going to turn a blind eye to it. You're going to make excuses for him. You're going to say it's the Republicans' fault. I'm not voting for that, and I'm not, and I'm not, I'm, I'm not going. I'm not going to sit here and buy into any of those arguments because you're scared of some. Because you're scared of some billionaire who's losing his hair and with a fake tan. I wonder if that's why they're pushing so hard is because they know that he doesn't have a real chance. Clearly. Because why would they need to attack people so much for it? Exactly. If they really thought that they had it in the bag, they wouldn't be pushing so much and they wouldn't be trying to convince everyone. They would just be, I don't know, having their rallies and doing whatever they need to do and they wouldn't be so forceful. They'd be like, we got this, guys. We got this one in the bag. High fives all around, everybody. How do you feel about the new question on the ballot? I think it's question two. With, um... Not rated voting, but... Like, you can pick multiple candidates. Oh, the ranked voting? The ranked choice voting? voting. Yeah. You know what? I think... So, the only thing I'm not in in favor of ranked choice voting for is the Oscars, because it leads us to terrible Oscar winners. (laughs) But... (laughs) Because they've done it. That's how they do the Oscar voting. We end up with bullcrap like freaking, uh, um, what won last year? No, no, not Parasite. What won the year before Parasite? It was something ridiculous. Freaking Green Book. 
and somehow Rami Malek wins Best Actor. I don't know how the heck that happened. But, um, you know what? No, I think ranked choice voting might be the way to go. Maybe. Um, I feel like it makes a lot of sense. But here's the thing about ranked choice voting. It's the same like with any voting. We have to... The issue with voting in this country... Right, I think they do like ranked choice voting in Maine too. I think maybe we should implement ranked choice voting because it give people more options in terms of like picking people. It, it won't feel so ultimate and absolute, right, with who they're voting for. But also, the fact that we need to change the mechanism by which we vote just shows me how bad, um, how badly educated voters actually are on the candidates. Which I think is the bigger problem that needs to be solved. We need to solve. This is part of the reason why I'm, why why political parties has become less and less of a of, of of something that I agree with, and I and I'm I'm moving more George Washington in the sense that I don't think that they're a good thing at all. Now after the fact, because we've taken all of the work out of the people learning who the political candidates that they're voting for are. I don't think we should have to go do ranked choice voting because I'm also not a popular vote person. I'm I'm not a popular vote person. I'm pro-electoral college, and I know that's unpopular to a lot of people on the left, but that's just what it is. I'm pro-electoral college. I think it's the best system that we have. Ranked choice voting, I think, I think, I think might be a better thing because, you know, at least if it's not your favorite person, maybe your second favorite person gets in, and that's a better step than I have to vote for you know, then then all my votes go to this one person who doesn't even get freaking voted in anyway, right? Mm-hmm. So I think ranked choice voting is good, but I think we have a bigger issue in terms of voting and an educated populace on these candidates um, that yeah. needs to be solved before we can even really talk about something like ranked choice voting. Yeah, I think we I think the bigger issue in places is, is that. Sense. But I guess I'm voting yes on question two, if that was your question. <laughs> I will be voting yes on question two. I mean, I don't I don't see how it could be a bad thing. It, it would definitely help those people who are either undecided between who they want to vote for or if they have multiple candidates in mind. Or, yeah. I don't, I, just don't, I don't see how it could lead to something negative. No, and I, I don't think so either. I, th- I, think, I think that might be a good thing. Um, yeah. You just have to hope everybody's second choice isn't a terrible choice. <laughs> That's true. But um, but I remember Jimmy Dore bringing that up like a year ago, like a year or two ago, when I was watching Jimmy Dore. He brought that up, and I remember being like, "That actually sounds like a good idea." That's a that's yeah. a left thing I can agree with. Ranked choice voting that doesn't sound too bad. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm all for giving people more choice, right? And giving people, you know, especially with this, right? You want it, you want to, you want to get somebody that the majority of the people, um. At least in, in like a lot of these local elections can agree with, you know what I mean? Right. So, you know, frank choice voting voting is what it is, and like, yeah, man. If that's gonna help us, then I'm all for it. Yeah, why not? Yeah. So I don't know. So that was our Do you have anything else you wanna say about this debate? <laughs> Any more questions? Any more comments, concerns? I don't think so. I think we covered all the important topics, and 
I'm going to have to go back and watch the town hall. I didn't have time to do it before we recorded this, but I still want to watch it and see what we said. And then I'm very interested to see how the last two weeks go before we have to do this thing. Yeah, I know. I'm, I'm just, I'm scared for the rest of this one. <laughs> and, I, and next year, I'm just, I'm, tor- I'm terrified for next year, man. I am too. I Everyone's am. like, 2021 is going to be great, 2020 is over, and it's going to be amazing, and I'm like, do you not realize that all the consequences people have built up in 2020 are just going to come and fight us yeah. in 2021? What's that? What, in what movie is that, that the guy says, for every for every lie that is told, there is there is a debt placed on the truth, and sooner or later that debt must be paid? What movie is that? I don't know, that's a great line. Oh, man, I, okay, hold on, we're gonna look this up before we go. I don't even know if this is the movie that I've seen. This might just be a uh, your movie thing. I know, right? This just might be some random movie that I've seen. Some random depressing well, European movie. I mean, you've seen so many. The vault that you have for quotes is probably enormous at this point. Oh, oh, it's from freaking Chernobyl. That's what it's from. Uh, it's from Chernobyl. The freaking scientist guy says that. What's he say? I'll put the exact quote here so everybody can actually. Every lie every lie we tell incurs a debt to the truth. Sooner or later that debt is paid. Ah, uh, that was a, that that's that's a great freaking uh that's a great freaking mini series if anybody needs to watch something good that's only a couple hours long freaking chernobyl man that 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 was legit that's a freaking legit that's one of the best things hbo's ever made yeah but yeah i don't know but yeah excuse my ranting that happened basically the the, the whole last my angry just rage-filled rant you're very passionate about these things you know with everything man with the 2020 and with the you know, the coronavirus depression and the seasonal depression and the normal depression, like, man. So much depression. With all the depression and all the anxiety and all the anger and... How can you not be how, angry? How can you not rant every now and then? How can I not rant? How can I not go do an old-fashioned rant on this podcast? Old-fashioned vintage have- rant. You have to rant and get everything out at some point. Otherwise, it just sits inside and it eats away at you and then you go crazy. And then we have bigger problems. Yeah. What's important is that when you rant, you rant in a place that it's okay to rant, but you make constructive, smart, intelligent, calculated decisions in the places that you need to do that. Because nobody listens. Nobody, nobody will listen to you in a rant in a courtroom. Nobody listens to you in a rant in a debate. That is when their brain shut off. The second you get emotional in a place where emotion isn't valued, that is that is where people exit left. Yeah. So. And I mean, nobody I'm, wants to listen to someone just sit there and scream nonsense. Yeah. And this is just a rinky-dink podcast, so it, like, I could rant all I want. It's not so rinky-dink anymore. You have a good chunk of listeners. And we're getting there. <laughs> We're, 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 we're working on it. Mm-hmm. Thank you guys for listening to this episode of Truth, Justice, and the Podcast. Really, really appreciate it. So does Nasreen. Very nice yes. to have her on as co-host for episodes. Um, really means a lot. Uh, it really means a lot to all you listeners out there who are listening to us. Um, 
and listening to me specifically. I don't know how you guys have stayed here with me this long because honestly, I wouldn't have. So thank you for that. And uh, yeah, in two weeks, get out there, vote, do what you got to do, save the republic. <laughs> you know, and if and if the person that 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 doesn't that you don't want in gets in, you know, right, left, whatever, just make sure you are going out there and making sure that your voice is heard, because that's what's important. If you care about the environment, make sure your voice is heard on the environment. If you care about, you know, the state of foreign policy, make sure that your voice is heard about foreign policy. Make sure that if you care about race relations, your your voice is heard about race relations. If you're worried about the economy, make sure your voice is heard on the economy. The best thing we can do is ensure that we are talking and not dismissing our own opinions as whatever, right? Nobody really needs to hear this. They don't care about me anyway. No. The way that this country functions is based on how loud our voice is of the people. The voices of the people. How loud are we? We have to make ourselves heard. And that is the only way we're going to move forward. It's also important to make sure that whatever you're fighting for is actually your own opinion and what you actually believe in and not just what social media is telling you that you should believe in or what the mass majority of people are telling you that you should think. Yeah, don't buy into this controlled opposition CIA psyop bullcrap. Look at the facts yourself. Come up with your own ideas. And then, you know, run with that. And when you learn, and don't be scared of new information. A lot of people, they don't want to change their opinion because they're scared they'll look like a hypocrite. No. Hypocrites is the very thing that incites change. All of us realize taking in new information, going, ah, I didn't know this. This has changed my opinion. I will now move forward with this. Mm-hmm. All right, everybody. Thank you very much. You're listening to another episode of Truth Justice on the Podcast, and we'll see you all next time.